Is now the time to buy Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, or should you consider selling high? All that and more this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, we had a uh, kind of fun Thursday night football game that I actually nobody expected at all. <laughs> I got to start with Justin Fields. We'll get to DJ more. Don't you worry. Justin Fields, 15 of 29 for 282 passing yards, four touchdowns. Also added in 11 carries for 57 yards. This is back-to-back really strong games for fields are you back in on him yeah i don't know that i was ever quite as out as as maybe most other people were i kind of had this feeling that like we were seeing uh, just some struggles but hey the bears get rid of chase claypool and all of a sudden this is like an all pro offense and I mean, Justin Fields, like, undoubtedly going to be, I think, the QB1 on the week. Like, I don't think there's any question marks there. Um, but, like, you love, I, I think, what is most significant. It's not necessarily, like, you, you're excited about what you saw on the ground, right? Uh, but most significantly, you have to be so excited about the proficiency as a passer. Um, you know, even completing uh, 51% of passes, like, that ability that, he has to benefit from the yards after the catchability of DJ Moore is always going to put him in a plus situation right now. Um, four touchdowns. Like it just, you know, it, that would be an incredible week if we didn't even account for the rushing yards. Um, so yeah, I, I think like you, you probably have to be in, um, you know, I, I think the upside is far too great. Now, I like my biggest question and the biggest question looming for me about buying Justin Fields and Dynasty comes from the fact that like even as recently as two weeks ago, we were hearing rumblings like the Bears aren't sold on on Justin Fields. And you don't love to hear that. Like it, you you want to hear that. OK, like, yes, we're we're having a bit of a rough spell offensively, but we trust our quarterback to get it back. I don't love that like this team seems to be so tepid and and not really a hundred percent behind the quarterback which that's the biggest concern but that's my concern as well like are the bears let's say this year goes kind of how we expected to go and they finish with five or so wins are they going to be comfortable bringing back justin fields next year or if they end up with the number one or number two pick are they going to move justin fields i think after the two games that we've just seen, I still think that's the most realistic possibility is that they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May and they try to see what they can get for Justin Fields in a trade. Yeah, and that that's sort of my biggest question mark. And if that's the case, like what what becomes of Justin Fields conspiracy theory? 
imagine the Bears have a terrible season. They end up with the number one overall pick. And then what happens is they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, um, and they trade Justin Fields to the Minnesota Vikings, where Mm. he gets to throw to all-pro receiver Justin Jefferson. I just cracked the code. I just broke the NFL. Um, Let me write the script for next season because I swear it would be so good. But that is a pairing that, like, we think DJ Moore elevates Justin Fields. Imagine that because Christian – oh, my gosh, Kirk Cousins – uh, on the final year of his deal there, they also seem tepid at best about bringing him back. Um, That's a really fun story. I, I got a better one, though. Can you imagine? Just just think for a second. Justin Fields in Atlanta throwing the ball to Matt Collins and John. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I can't imagine how much <laughs> fun that would be. That kind uh, of weaponry. I don't know how you turn that down. Uh, so I, I think for me – Justin Fields has kind of just stayed the same in terms of his dynasty value on dynasty league football right now being drafted as QB eight, just behind Trevor Lawrence, 63rd overall, Justin Fields, 64th overall, uh, Anthony Richardson. There's a pretty significant drop after fields. I would take Anthony Richardson over fields, but the next group of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson to a Dak Prescott, Bryce Young, Geno Smith. I would just rather have fields and all of those guys. Yeah, I think there's a huge, huge, huge tear break. I do agree. I prefer Richardson. Just again, you know, we see similar upside, right, in terms of their rushing ability. TBD on Anthony Richardson and and what he's going to show you as a passer long term. Um, you know, it that's a big question mark. But he has the Colts in his pocket, and this yeah. Colts franchise seems all in on Anthony Richardson, which. I'm going to be honest, it never really felt like this organization was head over heels in love with Justin Fields, even though they drafted him. But it never felt like they really just leaned into it, being like, this is my guy. Like, this is our guy. This is our franchise. This is the face of the franchise. It never felt like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that that Anthony Richardson is getting that kind of support from the organization right out of the gate. And I know that's one of those like intangible things that isn't necessarily going to outright translate to fantasy production. But when we're looking in dynasty fantasy football leagues, like you're looking for situational stability just as much as, as you are, you know, for the immediate production on the field. And that can be a big part of it. Uh, really quickly before we move on, I do want to mention DJ Moore. Hmm. Eight receptions for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Believe it or not, this could have been an even bigger day. He had one reception that would have gone for a touchdown that he was called out of bounds. I'm still not sure that he was out of bounds. There was another red zone target that he had where he was wide open in the end zone and Fields just missed him. It, we've been saying this all offseason. I think he's the most underrated dynasty asset. He's being drafted, or at least was being drafted as wide receiver 26 behind players like George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Zay Flowers, uh, Jordan Addison. And through five games, he has 531 yards and five touchdowns. I, I think he's going to have a monster season for Chicago. Yeah, this is absolutely like uh, unreal. Um, a, a career high 45 fantasy points in half PPR formats. Um, a career high. He's never had more than two touchdowns in a game. Those he, he's had several uh, three games car- uh, throughout his career with two plus touchdowns. 
This is the first time he's ever exceeded that mark. First time he's ever exceeded 160 receiving yards, and he did it with a big, fat 230. Like, you love to see that. But, you know, even more so than, I think, like just the overall stat line, I think you love to see uh, just – what he's putting on on tape he's he's showing off that yards after the catch ability and yeah it's it's jaw dropping um the one of the the plays justin fields threw to him and he kind of had this moment where he almost went out of bounds and was able to like totally like that ability uh you know to not go out of bounds and and to still be generating yards after the catch and be elusive like that is so much, you know, I, I think what has been missing from DJ Moore's game and not because he didn't have the skill set to do it, but because he wasn't put in a position where he was, you know, catching quality balls that could enable him to get yards after the catch like that. That was a big part of that. And I think that this is finally kind of a a pairing that we've wanted to see for a long time. Yeah, he's only 26 years old still, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, playing the best football of his career. I won't be surprised if he's 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns this year. Absolutely phenomenal player. Okay, let's go on the other side of the ball to talk about the Washington Commanders, specifically Sam Howell, who had another Sam Howell type of game. We will get into that next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. We absolutely love our Bird Dogs because Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit so much better. Bird Dogs uh, are made of uh, this cloud knit fabric that looks just like a khaki uh, shorts, but it feels and stretches so much better. It gives you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. I'll tell you, I wear my Bird Dog shorts when I go out to the golf course because I can move. I'm, it's flexible. But more importantly, they just keep me nice and cool and dry. I can't recommend them enough. I absolutely, absolutely love them. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. Or enter promo code Lockdown NFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash Lockdown NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty podcast. Every day, we'll be back on Monday to break down all the games. We also wanted to let you guys know about the Locked On NFL Kickoff Live Show. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country, who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Okay, let's talk about Sam Howell. Um, if you just looked at the box score, I think you would thought he would an incredible game. 37 of 51 for 388 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 
did run for 19 yards, uh, to take five sacks. The commanders went, I believe, the final two and a half quarters without calling a single run play, just dropping back and throwing the whole game. What's your takeaway uh, after watching this game with Sam Howell? You know what? The the first half, I'm going to be honest, it, it was a little bit ugly. It feels like this team just can't play in the first half, which I, I don't – you don't love to see that, right? It it feels like they need to be playing in crunch time to get anything sort of accomplished. You're right. The box score definitely looks uh, a lot better than it did if you were actually watching the game. Um, you know, Sam Howell, you know, for as ugly as that game was, it, it padded the stats, right, quite a bit. Uh, 25 fantasy points in, you know, one of the uglier games. Um, you know, it it felt like there were a lot of almosts in this game, a, a lot of almost connections. Sam Howell still looks like a relatively inexperienced quarterback, right? Like he takes uh, so he, many sacks. It's absolutely ridiculous how many sacks he takes. Yes. Like he, he looks like a, a guy that again, can probably benefit from some more experience. And um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him because he's still uh, what this is his, uh, this was his sixth career start. Um, still effectively like a rookie in terms of his playing experience. Um, so definitely there's a lot to tighten up, right? But for as much as there is to tighten up in his game, I think some of his throws just look absolutely incredible. Um, you know, that that the, he had a couple of passes that like just barely should have been touchdowns. And like that, that might have changed the trajectory of this narrative a bit more significantly had a, I think there was one to uh, Diami Brown, I believe mm-hmm. um, that just went right through the fingertips was just the most perfectly placed ball. It was, it was a great play. Um, but it was a lot of these moments where it felt like things were almost coming to fruition. Um, you know, the, the most interesting thing I think is that, that uh, lack of connection with Terry McLaurin Um mm-hmm. Thought that was kind of interesting among the wide receivers uh, in, you know, per next gen stats um, actually was was gaining less separation uh, on average in his routes run uh, less than Jahan Dots and Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel. Um, so, you know, I'm not quite sure uh, what was what was going on there. Um, it, it just felt like they they weren't. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what that was. Uh yeah, it, very interesting. But I mean, here's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I think he pl- has played well enough to continue to get a lot of chances. Like, and we see this happen. Like, if you can show that you can play a little bit, how many different opportunities are you going to get to start in the NFL? I, I just don't see any way that Washington doesn't give him the full year. And honestly, they're probably going to give him next year as well. And with his ability to run, and with those receivers, and with Eric Bieniemy, like. They're just going to throw a ton of passes and they're going to let him scramble. They're going to let, they're going to use him as a goal line, you know, basically their goal line runner. I'm kind of in, at least in the short term, I'm kind of in on, on Sam Howell. I mean, you look at some of the names that are being drafted ahead of him in dynasty, like Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett's never had a game even close to what we've Mm. seen from a a fantasy perspective or a real life perspective Uh, on Thursday. Like, we, we've now seen multiple games from Sam Howell that are better than anything that Kenny Pickett has shown, anything that Desmond Ritter has shown. Uh, even someone like Jordan Love, who's being drafted several spots ahead of Sam Howell, 
I kind of think I'd just rather have Sam Howe right now. I think the like when we're looking at upside, that's where I think Sam Howell has a lot more upside than a lot of these quarterbacks. Like that that comes for me when you're looking at um, you know, maybe what's accounting for this difference in dynasty draft capital. It's real life draft capital. I think yeah, that right. is the biggest point of hesitancy with Sam Howell. But if he again, was a first I, round pick, Kate, he like was a first round grade. Like if he has a first round pick, I think he has top. 18 value right now. Like I think he goes ahead of Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones and dynasty. Yeah. And you know what, Marcus, like again, for some of the, like the boneheaded decisions, the unnecessary sacks taken, like those are things that I do think you can clean up, you know, with, with time, with experience, with reps. Um, But for as much as that, like he is, absolutely fearless like yeah he, he takes hits that honestly he shouldn't be taking like that's something they need to clean up as well but like he's a baller like he is a, a fierce competitor and i think that that kind of mentality wins you over uh for an organization they got a player that you know was was graded by by plenty in in the first round in the fifth round um if you have a chance to take advantage of, of exploring that potential value in the draft and, and, you know, I don't think anybody thinks this team is contending for a Super Bowl. I, I hope that Ron Rivera is not uh, thinking that he's in that position where he needs to be like, you know, urgently winning games. I hope they give him the patience to develop because I think he's got a lot of the intangibles. Yeah. He's got a lot of the intangibles, he's got a, a distinct knack of, of making these like big plays. He's got a great arm. Um, he's got the scrambling, like he's got the talent around him. It just, he needs more reps and I'm totally in, I think in terms of, of fantasy value, it's really hard to find guys with this kind of upside um, where he's currently being drafted. Uh, can you guys tell that Kate likes Sam Howell a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> it's been, it's not new, guys. If if for those everydayers listening to the show, uh, if you've been with us a while, you've known. Um, this has not been uh, a secret. If it has been a secret, it's been the most poorly kept secret in the history of uh, all fantasy podcasts. I love Sam Howell, and you know what? As a sick Steelers fan here. Every night before I go to bed, I think to myself, why didn't we draft Sam Howell? Because I look at even what was an ugly game for the Washington Commanders. And I said, like, man, I wish I had that kind of heart. Because, like, what, uh, how many how many passing yards, Marcus? 388. I think that's the most uh, – I think that might uh, be, like, the second most – offensive yards that the Steelers have had over the last couple of seasons. So oh, yeah, like not even close. Um, the only other player I wanted to mention here is Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. Three catches for 30 yards on five targets through five games. Kate, 17 catches for 140 yards, averaging eight yards a catch. Currently being drafted as our, or, sorry, as wide receiver 24 in dynasty leagues. This is rough. Uh, we saw, Curtis Samuel had more to, or, you know, more yards, six for 65 and a touchdown. We saw Jamison Crowder getting involved in the action. Diami Brown got some targets down the field. It just feels like Jahan, this Jahan Dotson thing isn't going to really be, yeah, I, I don't know when we're going to see him return that type of value. 
yeah, kind of worried there. And you know what? Like a big part of that, Marcus, like you see the connection with Curtis Samuel. What's really been interesting to see is the development of the connection with tight end Logan Thomas, who's like a certified dinosaur at this point. Um, how old is Logan Thomas? I, old. He's old, old, 32 years old and um, still absolutely balling out, averaging, um, you know, 9.38 fantasy points per game um, in his time with Sam Howell. Like, before we close out the section of the commanders, I want to know if you're in a win now window and you need a tight end, what would you be willing to send Cal for? <laughs> no, uh, really? What, what would you be willing probably, to send? Probably for a, third, most, a third. Okay. Uh, is that in tight end premium leagues or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything more. Okay. I just, he's going to be too inconsistent game to game and the injury history is pretty significant. Uh, okay, it's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's promotion commotion time. Uh, who should you promote from your bench into your starting lineups in week five? We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've ever had playing DFS. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. All you have to do, again, select two or more players, pick more or less than on the projected stats, and watch the money roll in. I love how many different stats and how many different players you can choose from. I also like this new thing that Prize Picks has going on called the Prize Picks Reboot Policy, where they reboot your entry if one of your players gets injured for NFL games in college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sport, sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Kate, it's time for promotion commotion. Who are you promoting from your bench or maybe even your waiver wire into your starting lineups in week five? All right, I'm going to go with some grossness. Let's start us off at quarterback. I'm rolling with Josh Dobbs, Arizona Cardinals uh, quarterback, who just became the Arizona Cardinals quarterback uh, just about like just a little over a month ago. It's casual. Uh, You know, this team has been in shambles, but. Josh Dobbs actually looks pretty darn good. Um, What has been pretty exciting to watch is his rushing ability, averaging 35 rushing yards per game. Um, You know, I I think just loving that, that willingness to run and that, that ability to take advantage of the game, extend plays with his legs. It makes him a fantasy viable streamer Um, ranks, uh, you know, I think fourth uh, among quarterbacks with a 78.9 PFF rushing grade um, now gets the Bengals, which they're kind of a middle of the pack 
uh, defense against fantasy quarterbacks, but um, allowed 45 plus rushing yards to Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson in weeks one and two. If Dobbs can take advantage of this game from his legs, I, I think he's a very nice streamer here entering week five. I like it. I'll, Josh Dobbs is playing really, really well. He might not even be on your fantasy waiver wires right now because of how well he's played the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kate, I only have one name for you, and this is about as gross as it can get, get, but the tight end position has been awful this year. Maybe you're dealing mm-hmm. with an injury to Pat Fryermuth or somebody else, or maybe you just can't start Kyle Pitts because it's Kyle Pitts. Um, here, here's the guy. You ready? Yes. Somebody you know. I'm starting Connor Hayward, the tight end for the Steelers against the Ravens. A couple of things. I think Connor Hayward is just a really good player. Like every time the Steelers have gotten him touches, he's produced. Uh, I know there's going to be some people that pivot to Darnell Washington with Pat Fryermuth out. I think that's the wrong decision. Pat Fryermuth, or sorry, Darnell Washington is a blocker. He's really like an extra offensive lineman. I think the Steelers have given him one target so far in the first four games of the year. I think it's going to be Hayward that gets a lot of those targets, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. And with with no Deontay Johnson, I think you're going to see the Ravens double George Pickens a lot. I won't be surprised if Connor Hayward has a pretty nice game here if you need a spot starter at tight end. I really like that. And, you know, the, the Steelers have kind of worked him around the formation too, like playing as a tight end, playing out wide, uh, playing through the backfield, like – um, he's been kind of like this gadget guy and he's been really, really efficient, right? Until uh this point. I like that play. I'll cap us off with one more gross one. Um, this is like definitely YOLO in case of emergency play. Um, but what about Tennessee Titans wide receiver Nick Westbrook Akine? Um, through four weeks, him and Ryan Tannehill have had the most efficient connection among any of these Titans receivers, uh, 12, uh, 12 catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. And when targeted, uh, Nick Westbrook Akine has the highest passer rating when targeted from Ryan Tannehill among this whole offense. They get the Indianapolis Colts secondary along the fifth most completions, third most explosive passing plays, fourth most yards per attempt. Like it's translated to production. This is a, a top 10 matchup to stream against opposing wide receivers. Um, I think this could be an interesting spot. Now, it might be a little bit dependent on where he ends up lining up. Sometimes we see him in the slot. Sometimes we see him out wide. Um, the the Colts have been a little bit tighter against slot receivers. So I think if we do see him have a nice day, he might get a couple of chunk plays uh, playing along the outside uh, with some of those inexperienced cornerbacks uh, that he can take full advantage of if the Titans can get it right, if Tannehill can just be average. I think he's going to have a good game on Sunday. So I, I, I love that. So we gave you Josh Josh Dobbs, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and uh, Connor Hayward. Easily the grossest one we've done yet. This is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, make sure that you go check out the show on YouTube. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. Make sure you check out her work at Pro Football Focus. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you right back here on Monday to break down all of the action from week five. We'll see you then.